ahead. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. We are going to start reading in verse 5. It says, I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret, that the church may receive edifying. Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine? And even things without life-giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they have a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harp? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? So likewise ye, except ye utter by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For ye shall speak into the air. That's where I'm going to get my t- the title of my message tonight. We're going to talk about how to avoid speaking into the air. He's been talking about tongues here, and we're not going to talk about tongues tonight, but we all know that speaking in tongues is not the gibberish that goes on in the Pentecostal churches. It's none of that. They, it's languages. Okay, But at the same time, um, if I were to get up here and start preaching in another language, start speaking in tongues, okay, I can't do that. I'm limited to the English tongue. That's about it. But if I was to start doing that, how are you all going to get blessed by that? What good is it going to do if I'm up here speaking in a language that you don't understand? Nobody's going to get edified by that. I'm speaking into the air. And every time I have an opportunity to preach, every time you get an opportunity to be a witness to somebody, you know, those are sometimes rare opportunities. I mean, we ought to, uh, you know, we ought to treasure those moments. And I do every time somebody comes to this church. I mean, especially, you know, when there's visitors in case they're lost. I, y'all look like you're pretty well church going people. I'm not talking about you right now. But you know what? At the same, I, I'm, this might be my only chance I get. And so I want to say things that they will understand. I want to get a message across to them. If it's somebody that's of another persuasion, somebody who doesn't believe like I do, maybe they're off doctrinally, I want to convince them. I want to change their mind. I have to say things that they're going to understand. I've got to, if I want to help them, I have to be able to communicate with them and get a message across to them. So let's read a few more verses. It says in verse 10, there are, it may be so many kinds of voices in the world and none of them is without signification. Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian and he that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. Even so ye, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. So right there we see, you know, we want to use this opportunity. We want to edify the church. We want to, we want to help people when we talk. And so if, if, you know, I don't believe we have these gifts now that the Lord is using them today of being able to speak in another tongue. But at the same time, if the Lord did give you that, pray that he'll give you the, the ability to interpret it so you can actually help somebody. Because if I do, if I get up here and I just start, if, if the Lord just, you know, filled me with the Holy Ghost and I started speaking in Spanish, nobody that's here tonight is going to be blessed by that because you all, unless you know Spanish. So, uh, look at verse 20, jump down to verse 27. Look what it says there. It says, if any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two or at the most by three that by course and let one interpret. 
But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. You all see that? If if you're just going to go and speak your own thing and nobody's going to understand it, just be quiet. Okay, be silent and go talk to yourself. Talk to God. You're not going to do anybody any good at all. People need to understand what you're saying and we want to avoid speaking into the air. And so it's important whether we're preaching, whether we're witnessing, whatever we're doing, that we do it in a way where people can understand us. And if I'm up here, if I'm talking in fancy technical terms that no one understands, I've not helped anybody, have I? I've only helped myself because I did. I've, I've used all these fancy terms. I've impressed you. I've made you think, wow, this guy's smart. He knows this stuff. But I didn't learn a thing. And you know what? I've only made you think I'm smart, but I didn't help you one bit. I've only helped myself. And you know the way to tell if someone's a good teacher it's by seeing if a student understands the subject that he's talking about. You know, that's one of my goals. Okay, I don't want to just be a preacher that has my doctrine right. I want my people to know doctrine too. You know, to me, that says a lot about a pastor. If you can go talk to people in that church and those people get it. Those people, are, they're actually learning something from the Bible and uh, that, that's one of my goals. So if I'm going to do that, I've got to figure out how to speak these things and show them in a way where you get it and where you understand it. And when it comes to preaching, when it comes to preaching the gospel, there's certain barriers that are in the way. And one of those is that language barrier. Okay. And I'm going somewhere with all this. Okay. That language barrier. If I want to witness to people, say Spanish people, that if I, if I want to give them the gospel where they can understand it, don't I need to learn their language? Okay, unless they know my language, I need to learn their language. I need to find a way for them to be able to understand me. And I can't, listen, I am as King James as all get out. But you know what? It would be foolish for me to take my King James Bible down to Mexico and just go house to house, door to door, and just telling them, you know, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Now, am I telling the truth? Yeah, I'm telling the truth. Am I using the right Bible? Yeah, I'm using the right Bible. But here's the thing. Are they going to understand what I'm saying? They're not going to understand what I'm saying. So it's not going to, it's not going to do a bit of good. I've got to learn how to do it in Spanish. And so I've got to learn their language. And I'm, going to, I'm not going to be able to say, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, now shalt be saved. I'm going to say, and I have to look at my notes because I don't know it. Cree en el Señor Jesucristo y será salvo tu y tu casa. Does anybody know Spanish in here tonight? Kind of hoping the Menezes would be here. They know they know Spanish, but I hope I said that right. But that says, you know, that was believing the Lord Jesus Christ in Spanish. All right, that's what you have to say to them, because they will not understand believing the Lord Jesus Christ. Now it shall be saved. If I want to reach them, I can't just go speaking my language and speak in a way that they in a language they can't understand. That's just that's just common sense. But the truth is, when we have these language barriers, okay. Many times there are preconceived ideas that we have about these groups. Okay, are, listen, are there not a lot of prejudices in this world? Okay, do we not all have our own prejudices sometimes? You know, don't, don't go getting all American on me and trying to act like you know, you know, you're all about diversity. And no, we all have those preconceived ideas. We all have the prejudices. It's a very common thing. And some of those prejudices that we have. They're based, some of them are based on fact. Some are based on fiction, aren't they? Some are just, you know, you've heard people say 
bad things about these other groups. All right. And let's just say if you your whole life, you heard nothing about bad things except that were from about people that were from Mexico. You're going to be you're going to have a distorted attitude towards them. I mean, if, if we were to succeed, and I know nobody in here has a racial bone in their body, but you know, if you came from a family where you were taught to hate different groups, hate people with different color skin or certain nationalities, you are, your mind, your, your thinking is going to be distorted towards those people and you're not going to want to learn their language. You're just going to be happy thinking about them as bad people. And a lot of our prejudices that we have, they're based on other people's hatred, aren't they? I mean, it's there. There's people, they just hate certain groups. And so they'll go and say things, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't want to get myself in trouble by using any stereotypes, but we all, we all know the stereotypes. Y'all know what they are. I've done the, I, when my wife and I first got married, she was a lot more politically correct than me. And so just to bugger, I, I won't mention any groups because I don't want to, I don't want to be offensive tonight, but you know, if people of different ethnicities, we're, we're like driving through the city and they would like come by the car. I'd hit the lock thing on there. You know, what are you, what are you doing? What are you saying? I'm saying I'm afraid they're going to try to carjack me. You know, and I, I didn't really think that. But you know what? Just admit it. If you are somewhere and you go, you go somewhere and you're the only person of your color. Don't tell me you don't get nervous. Don't 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 tell me that. You know, do not do that. I remember my dad and I, we went to Washington, D.C., for my senior trip. And I remember we went in, we needed to get some stuff. We went in this Walmart and I'm not kidding. We were the only white people in that Walmart and people were looking at us funny. And I don't think I'm a racist at all, but I was nervous. I was like, man, I don't know if we're supposed to be here. Uh, I hope we make it out of here. Oh, that's terrible that you had nothing to fear. No, we didn't have anything to fear. Nothing happened. But was I nervous? Yes. Why? I've heard some things. <laughs> Uh, you know, obviously it wasn't the case there, but we do. We have these prejudices. We just we've got to admit it. And so, you know, when we have when you have a prejudice against someone, do you know how easy it is? Okay, for example, if you all have a prejudice against someone, do you know how easy it would be for me to use that prejudice? You know, against you. Okay, if for example, if you have a prejudice against Mexican people if you just automatically don't, you know, you don't know hardly anything about it. You, you've, you've only heard things, you have very little experience, and you've got a prejudice, and I know that, and I want to feed off that. And I, go, I get up here, I'm like, let me tell you something about the Mexican Christians. They're not real Christians. Let me tell you, know, you know what their Bible says? I do know one verse in Spanish. You know what their Bible says? In Genesis 1.1, 1, 1, it says, In el principio creo Dios los cielos y la tierra. Do you know what that means? That means in the beginning, there was a big bang. And billions of years later, man evolved from a single cell amoeba to man. Now, I can tell you that, but here's the thing. Do you know for a fact that that's not true? Do you, I mean, how do you know I'm not just, you know, and especially if you're prejudiced, man, can you believe that? Can you believe they teach something like that? Well, here's the thing. You know, if you are completely ignorant of Spanish, I can get you all going. I can tell you all these things and you all think all these horrible things about them. But here's the problem. If there's someone there who knows both languages, I can be exposed, can't I? Because they can say, wait a minute. 
I actually know that language and you just misinterpreted it. In fact, when that verse that I quoted to you that I won't say again because it won't edify you if you don't understand Spanish, you know what that means? It means the exact same thing our Bible says. It means in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. That's what that means. I lied to you to get you hating a group that maybe I just don't like. Maybe I'm against them for whatever reason. And so I do. I go and I'll say things that you know you are not going to take the time to verify because you already don't like them. You're just glad to hear me up here saying things against a group that you don't always are, that you don't like anyway. And the thing is, if there's somebody who would actually take the time to learn their language, they would know I'm a fraud. They would know I'm a phony. They would know that I'm a liar. And listen, if you're going to try to reach certain groups, you have to know them. You need to know their language. You need to know how they think. I will never, I will never win any Muslims to Christ by rebuking them for worshiping Buddha. They don't worship Buddha. They worship Allah. I get up and I'm like, you, you crazy Muslims, you worshiping Buddha, you worshiping the statue of that fat guy. What's wrong with you people? You got your idols of them all over the place. Listen, those Muslims are going to look at me and they're going to think, you are a moron. We don't even believe in idols. And we don't worship Buddha. We worship Allah. I have to find out what they really believe, don't I? I can't talk about that. I got to talk about Allah. I got to find out what they really believe. And I'm just going to tell you right now, I've not done a lot of study on Islam. In my mind, their religion means blow me up because I'm not of their religion. And when uh, this morning at the gas station, I don't know where these guys were from. They weren't from around here. But I mean, these full fledged, I mean, full Muslim garb guys were going into Casey's. And I, 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 I sent a text to Cassandra. She was taking kind of long in there. I asked her if she got blown up and, uh, and she didn't respond. You know, I, thought, I thought about going in there and I told her, I said, you know, it's been funny. This, I shouldn't tell this, but I said, you know, it would have been funny if when they came in the front door, you just took off running out the back door. <laughs> you know, just Now, listen, you're like, no, we those things cross our minds. All right. Don't tell me if you see a bunch of Muslims, there's a bunch of them all wearing full Muslim garb. You're, you're not checking to see if they're wearing some kind of vest or carrying some kind of bag. Don't tell me you don't don't tell me you don't do that. Don't go getting all PC on me. All right. You think those things. And you know what? That's not completely fair. It, not all of them believe in that. Just 99% of them, right? <laughs> now, what am I doing right now? I'm displaying my ignorance of them, aren't I? And the thing is, people do that that very thing. And, you know, right, like right now, I tell you, you know, I'm so thankful that, you know, the Lord showed me this because I'm t- I've, I've made some mistakes on this in the past, all right? I'm just going to admit I've made some mistakes in this area. I've got up here and I've preached against certain groups and things before that I don't like. And truth is, while yes, they were probably wrong, I didn't represent it right. And that's, that's not fair. That's not right. I've preached messages against Calvinism before. But you know, one thing I said, you all know I'm different when it comes to end times and things than most people. And I'm getting tired of people misrepresenting what I believe. I'm really getting tired of it. And so a while back, I decided, you know what? I just feel like ripping on Calvinism. You know why? I don't like Calvinism. And I don't like, because I don't like Calvinists. So that's terrible. Listen, there, there's, I've got one exception. There's one Calvinist that I like. I can't stand all the rest. They're all arrogant. They're all full of themselves. They all think they're better than me because God chose them. You know, I mean, (laughs) that's how I feel about them. And, you know, I got to thinking about it one time. You know, how many Calvinists do I know? 
And I got to think about it. It's not very many. But the few I knew were idiots. Okay, the first time I ever got exposed to Calvinism, I had heard about it before. I heard there were these whacked out people out there that believe in this stuff. And I remember uh, it was at Camp Joy and we, our, our choir we were practicing and we were practicing song Whosoever Will. And after it was done, one of the guys was like, yeah, well, that song's not even scriptural. And I looked and I was like, I said, what? And he was like, yeah, Whosoever Will. You know, that, that's not scriptural. It's not. Not just anybody can be saved. They have to be the elect. What? <laughs> I mean, I was completely confused. I was like, what do you do with whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved? He's like, well, I probably shouldn't talk about it here. You know, because and then later they had a guy who was a speaker at that thing. He was doing a um, like a question and answer thing about music. You know, they were strong against contemporary Christian music and everything. And, you know, I'm 19 years old and I asked the question. I said, you know, what do you say to all these people that talk about all these people that are getting saved at these Christian rock concerts? And he's, and he's like, well, my answer to that always is if they got saved, then that means they were the elect and therefore they would have been saved anyway. What? I mean, I was, I was, I was completely confused. By, I was completely thrown off by that. And I was like, all right, those two guys are idiots. And that was about the extent of my conversations with them. And then there was a couple others I came in contact with that were idiots. And so I've got a very negative feeling towards Calvinists. Now, I will admit, when it comes to Calvinism, my only study that I've done on it is I read a book by Curtis Hudson, Why I Disagree with All Five Points of Calvinism. And let me tell you, he schools them in that book, man. He tells me what they believe and then he destroys them from the Scripture. And let me tell you, if Calvinism is what Curtis Hudson says it is, and I have no reason to believe it's not, it's bad, and he, he did. He destroyed them with the Bible. But here's the thing. How do I know they're not getting misrep- misrepresented like I do all the time? And I wanted to, I did, I, I, I kind of refer back to that book. I was reading it again. I was like, man, this stuff is so easy to refute. And I think most Baptists have a tough time refuting it because they're all messed up in Romans. And so I thought, you know what? I've got my head screwed on straight in Romans. I'm going to, I'm going to destroy this. And so I called the one Calvinist up I, that I, I hadn't talked to him in a long time and seemed like, you know, he was somebody who could handle, you know, disagreement. And I called him up. And when I started asking him to clarify certain things, he started explaining what he believed. And I didn't know what he was talking about. And so I was like, wait a minute. So, you know what I figured out real quick? I was like, you know, I don't speak his language. And so I decided, and he sent me a bunch of stuff explaining his position, everything. And it's a lot of it. It's gonna, it would take a lot of work and a lot of study. And you know what? So I just backed off. I was like, you know what? Until I'm willing to learn their language, I'm not going to waste my time bashing them. I'm going to keep on preaching about grace and you know, election the way I believe the Bible teaches, but I'm not going to go around bashing them until I take the time to learn what they really believe. I don't think I'm in, you know, entitled, you know, I don't think I should go and study out every other religion or every false religion. But if I'm going to go around and act like I am this expert against some religion, I need to know what I'm talking about, don't I? Or I'm going to look like an idiot. I'm going to be up here saying Calvinists believe this and Calvinists believe that. Well, here's the thing. If you're a Calvinist and I'm misrepresenting what you believe, am I going to help you? No, you're going to look at me like you're an idiot. 
you have no idea what you're talking about and I'm only going to make you more likely to stay in a false religion because I misrepresent it. I'm up here, I'm lying about what I believe. And I don't really feel like right now taking the time to figure it out. I don't really feel like learning the language, how they define all their words. And so, you know what? I'm not going to go bugging them. All right? Now, if some come in here and yo, if you all start getting confused on that stuff, I might feel the need to do some study on that and try to help you with it. But until then, I'm going to leave it alone because I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to that religion. So I need to, I do, I need to just keep my mouth shut on that. Keep on doing what I'm doing. Don't parade myself around like I'm an expert in that. And so, uh, turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. So I, you do, you need to learn the language and also you need how to learn, you need to learn how to overcome offenses. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 32. It says, give none offense neither to the Jews nor to the Gentiles nor to the church of God. Now, let me, this verse right here, I am tired of people, they are using this verse to try to prove dispensationalism, which is just absolutely ridiculous. And you know, if I was to retranslate the Bible, you know what I would translate this to to make it more clear? I would translate it to, give none offense neither to the Jews nor to the Gentiles nor to the church of God. So that's the same thing. Yeah, you can't improve that verse. That verse is so clear. So I've, I've had two people in the last month ask me, what do you think that means? I said, I think it means give not offense to the Jews, Gentiles, nor the church of God. It doesn't mean we now have to find out what parts of the Bible are talking, talking to these three different groups. It doesn't mean that at all. Look at verse 23 in that same chapter. It says, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Verse 27, it says, If any of them that believe not bid you to a feast and ye be disposed to go, whatsoever is set before you, e asking no question for conscience sake. You know why he said this here? Is he saying, whenever you go somewhere, don't do things that will offend different groups. Okay? We have liberty in Christ. We can eat whatever we want and we're, we're fine. But you know what? I don't want to give offense to the Jews. So if I want to witness to the Jews, I shouldn't witness them eating a bacon sandwich. There are certain things that we have not been commanded to do. And therefore, if doing those things will be an offense to someone, we shouldn't do it. Why? Because we're trying to win them over. So don't do things that are offensive to them. Don't do things that will mislead them. You know, every missionary, before they go to a different country, they study the language. They study the language and they study the culture. Why? So they can figure out the best way to minister to them. If they just go over there acting like an American, they're probably going to offend some people. There are things that are offensive in other cultures that aren't in ours. You know, it, it, it's different from country to country. And so, when we see that verse in the Bible, you know, it's, it's not a dispensationalism thing. It's just, you know, common sense. Just, you know, use some common sense. Don't be offending people because... We want to win them to the Lord. Okay? If we're going out door knocking, we want to win somebody to the Lord. We're not going to start out our presentation by, you know what? I noticed all the beer cans and stuff around your house. You're obviously a drunkard, no drunker than in the kingdom of heaven. So I know you're on your way to hell. So would you, you know, you don't start it out like that. Okay? It might be true, but you don't, you don't do it that way. You know, you don't go up to a house that has a statue of Mary in front of it. And then just go and 
start bashing Mary as soon as they open the door. That's, that's just going to offend them. They're not going to hear a thing that you say. And you do, you kind of, you, you kind of have to learn to speak their language. And it's confusing sometimes, it's confusing sometimes, but if you really care about a group, if you really want to reach out to them, you have to learn where they're coming from. You have to find out how they think, then you, you'll know how to minister to them. And there's things that we do that they're not, they're not wrong, but they would send the wrong message. Okay? So we do, we've, we've got to be careful. There, and, and there are things that we can say, but they'll send the wrong message. Okay? There's things that we can say that are true. Okay? I can go up to somebody, you know, you go to one of these parents that drugs up their kids instead of spanking their kids, and I can tell them, you hate your child. No, I don't. Well, yes, you do, according to the Bible. But the thing is, they're not going to get that. They think, and today, people think hate means, you know, I have this anger and I just, you know, hate, you know, want, want them to die or something like that. But we know from the Bible that hate is not just this negative emotion, but it, when you're doing something that's harmful to someone, you are hating them and not disciplining a child is harmful to them. And so we know that, we know what that means, but does your typical, you know, millennial mother that's filling her kid up with medication know that? No. So you don't say that. You have to speak their language, don't you? You're gonna have, you're gonna have to interpret that for them. I had somebody get mad at me the other day because I said a lot, most Christians hate the Jews. And you all know, knew what I was talking about. That means, hey, if you are going and misleading them and giving them bad information and telling them things that aren't true, even while saying you love them, you don't love them, you hate them. Why? Because that's, that's bad to them. It didn't mean I think you look at them and, oh, those Jews. You know, that, that wasn't what I meant. Okay? But, you know, people hear things one way, and a lot of times they take it how they want to take it. But, you know, you, but so, sometimes we have to be careful with that. We gotta make sure we send the correct message. You know, we should be more interested in helping people than being right. Okay? I love being right. But I, I want to help people. And so, do you want to put people in their place? Or do you want to help them? Don't go tell one of these moms you hate your child. She's not going to believe you and then say, well, let me show you what Proverbs says. You know, he that spareth his rod hateth his son. Boom! You just got destroyed. Well, they're like, you're stupid. I don't hate my kid. Well, not in the sense that they are thinking of. So you do. You've got, if you're, if you're trying to help them, you have to learn that. You have to learn their language. You got to see where they're coming from. And so, you know, another barrier that we face is the fact we don't all use English the same way, do we? We, you know, we, as Baptists, we have our own lingo in many areas, don't we? we we've got our own lingo. The thing is, our language is constantly changing. And that's why, you know, um, that's, you know, to me, that is not a reason to get away from the King James Bible, but a reason to stay in the King James Bible. We have to have an anchor point. We have to have a constant. We have to have something that is not changing because language constantly changes. And if we're constantly updating our Bibles, we're going to end up losing a lot of truth. And so that's why, that's why we stick with this. That's why it's important that we do that. That's why we need to try to use the correct biblical terms in the right way. You know, you've got so many people that have messed they're, they've messed with the word repentance and they're, uh, you know, a lot of people are scared to use the word. 
repentance. But I'm not going to quit using the word repentance. All right. But at the same time, many times I do have to clarify what it means because of all the false teaching that's out there. But I'm not going to get away from the word. If I get away from the word, then I'm going to allow the new definition to take over and it's going to be easier for false doctrine to take hold of people. And so that, but we do, we got to stick with biblical, biblical terminology. We got to stick with what the Bible says. Once again, with hate, Luke 14, 26 says, if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, in his own life, he cannot be disciples. Did you know, biblically, you could, on your Mother's Day card that you gave your mom today, you could have wrote, Mom, I hate you, and be telling the truth, biblically. Okay? I hate my mom, in this sense. <laughs> Please, nobody use that, you know, that against me. You know, people like to you know, clip words and things. But, in that sense, that just means, I love her less than I love God. Completely appropriate. Okay, but yeah, but you know what? Don't do that. Don't write "I hate you" on your Mother's Day card. All right, don't do that. Don't. You know, that's going to send the wrong message in America today. Don't go telling your kids, "Kids, I hate you." They're not going to be like, "Oh man, my, my mom and dad, they love me less than they love God." Don't I have good parents? That, you know, that, it's going to send the wrong message. But it's correct, isn't it? It, it is biblical. Say, no, that's not what it means. Well, look, at, uh, you don't have to turn to but Matthew 10, 37. Jesus is saying the same thing. And he says, he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Right there, the same thing. It's showing that if you love them more, therefore, it is, that is completely accurate. Biblical proof right there that loving less means hate. Or hate in that, in that uh, sense means loving less. So, once again, this isn't, this isn't a reason to run from the King James Bible. It's a, it's a reason to stay with it so we can have something that doesn't change. We need a source of origin for everything because this is what helps us keep our doctrine right. We need, and, but we do, though, we need to be clear as possible in our speech. 2 Corinthians 3.12 says, Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech. Okay. Now, many times people use that as like, oh, let me. I'm going to use great plainness of speech with you right now. I just want to be perfectly clear. Let me tell you something. If you don't believe this King James Bible, you're stupid. You know. Well, that's not what great plainness of speech actually means. All right. You know what great plainness of speech means is you are teaching something that is very clear. You're not doing double talk. You know, for example. Uh, uh, a lot of times people are very vague in what they say. You know, a lot of times preachers, they don't want to offend anybody, so they get real, they get real vague. They speak in very general terms where you, you do, you have to like, where's this guy coming from? What's he really thinking? Okay. We shouldn't do that. We should use great plainness of speech. If y'all are wanting to, you know, you all should know where I'm getting at. Y'all should know what I'm coming from, what I'm trying to teach you by my language. That's what great plan is. It's not just being blunt and bold and brash. That, that's not what that means. And I'm all for some of that. But at the same time, that's not great plainness of speech. It's being clear. Y'all, you know, after I get done preaching on a certain doctrine, you should have no doubt where I stand on that doctrine. You ought, you, it ought to be clear and we use great plainness of speech. But we should be humble enough to allow ourselves to be corrected or be willing to clarify ourselves. See, this... This isn't a problem when you're trying to help somebody. 
But it's a huge problem if you're trying to hurt. Okay? When I started putting my messages online, I was kind of worried about it at first because I'm like, man, you know, people can use stuff against you and you get you get attacked. And I, and I wasn't so much worried about that as I was about just saying something stupid and getting called out for it. But then I was like, you know what? I'm going to admit it. I've said some things that were stupid before. You could go back and find some of my older messages and things and. I maybe I you know still had some learning to do obviously on a subject. Sometimes I say things wrong. Sometimes I say things stupid. Sometimes I'm just I'm not clear enough in what I say. And I was like, you know what? I'm pretty sure if I'm just willing to admit, yeah, that was wrong. Yeah, that was stupid. Yes, I said that. But you know what? What I should have said was this. You know what? People are usually very forgiving. I've had people before that they have they've questioned me. You know, why did you say this? Well, yeah, I probably shouldn't have put it that way. But you know what happens? A lot of times you've got people out there that say things just off the wall and people call them out on it. And what do they do? They double down and they get stubborn. Well, guess that just makes everybody hate you. Okay? And, the thing, and then they go and they'll go on these missions trying to prove the right. That's why I'm scared to ever write a book. You know, people are like, well, why don't you write a book about that subject? Well, because here's the thing. If I write a book, it's not going to be like the Bible that's inspired. There will be mistakes in it. There will be things that I will get wrong. There will be things that later I'm going to be like, you know what? I wish I wouldn't have said it that way. I wish I'd have said it this way. You know what? I was wrong about that. I know that would happen if I wrote a book. But you know, here's the thing. What happens most of the time when people write books, it is now they go on a mission to make sure they prove everything in that book is true. And I don't want to waste my time going around proving everything in my book's true. I'd rather waste my time, or spend my time, sorry, I didn't mean to say waste, spend my time proving that the Bible's true. And I don't have to worry about there being mistakes in here, but I do in my own book. And so, uh, you know, but when you do, when you get it in print and stuff like that, man, pride sets in and people almost never, ever go, you know, leave anything they taught in that book. It is now inspired inerrant, preserved by God. And if you fight any of the words in that book, you know, and they will, man, they'll defend it to the death. And then they end up looking like idiots. And I, you know, I'm trying to avoid as much of that as I can because I, I don't like looking like, I don't like looking like an idiot. So, but yeah, if, but if, listen, if you're trying to help people, you'll have no problem admitting you're wrong. You'll have no problem admitting you know, I need to clarify that better. You won't do that. But if you're trying to hurt people, you're going to double down. You're going to have pride. And our actions, they need to line up with our words. Listen, no one is going to believe that you care about them if you're punching them in the face and saying, I love you. I mean, if you're going and you're just attacking these groups and saying all this nasty stuff and saying, I love you, I care about you, they're not going to believe you. And it, it's you, you, you've got to make sure your actions line up with your words. And so, you know, that final barrier is people, there's those who, something that we're working against, there's people who use language against others in order to cause division. Kind of like I was doing, I, I, you know, I gave the illustration where I'm saying, this is what they're saying in Spanish. Well, you don't know if that's true or not because you don't know the language. And I'm using their words against you. I'm, I'm misusing those words. I'm trying to... I'm trying to cause division. And, you know, the Bible says in Proverbs 6, 19, it talks about things that the Lord hates. And we see a false witness that speaketh lies and he that soweth discord among the brethren. And listen, we've got, there's people right now, they're going around, 
that are, I mean, on tour, preaching against things that I believe in. And the thing that just drives me nuts about it, they lie and they misrepresent what I believe. Yeah, you, you know, you people that believe in replacement theology. I, I listened to a two-hour message refuting replacement theology this week. And it's like, who believes in that? Who believes in replacement theology? I know the, I know the, old, the Catholics used to back in the day. But no, you, you don't think the Jews are the chosen people. I don't believe physical Israel is the chosen people. And I don't believe God ever replaced Israel. I believe that those of faith are Israel. It's always been that way. It's always been the way. And God never replaced them. If God replaced them, that means Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all those aren't of Israel. God didn't replace them. But when we got saved, God made us a part of Israel, didn't He? We are of Israel. We are the seed of Abraham. We are the heirs according to the promise. We are that promised seed. But nobody... It, doesn't get addressed. It didn't get addressed one time. All the verses that we use to support that, they don't get touched with the ten foot pole. I've heard all the there's many different preachers I've heard going around bashing things that I teach on that subject, and they won't touch Romans nine with the ten foot pole. I can't get them to touch Romans nine with the ten foot pole. They won't touch Galatians chapter three with the ten foot pole. They won't even bring it up. They won't even acknowledge it. And it's just like, you know what, listen, if you want to disagree, that's fine. But at least be accurate. Stop telling, saying, oh, those people, they hate the Jews. They're anti-Semitic. If you tell me I hate the Jews, I know you're a liar and I know you don't know me. I know that you have no idea what I'm even teaching about. So don't come at me with that. Otherwise, I'm just going to think that you're a moron. I'm going to think you have no idea what I'm talking about. You have no idea. And so, you know, don't go around and, you know, preaching against people that and say, you know, this group here, you know, Stephen Anderson, everybody's going after Stephen Anderson for stuff. Now, this guy teaches this, he believes that, he does that, and it's not even true. And it's like, are you trying to just cause a wedge and cause division? Or are you trying to win people over that have been sucked into his teaching? Which is it? Because if you're trying to win people over that have been sucked into his evil teaching, then maybe you need to find out what he's actually teaching. Maybe you need to find out what he actually says. Maybe you ought to you know, accurately represent him. And if you can't do that, if you don't know, well, I, I really don't know what he teaches. Well, then shut up. Then you just keep your mouth shut and don't even say anything about it until you take the time to find out what he actually teaches and what he actually believes. Just keep your mouth shut. Just say, I don't like him. I don't want to listen to him. And then go on your merry way. But if there's people out there that are listening to that, and you want to win them over, you need to find out what they actually think. You need to find out what they actually say. You need to, I mean, you need to, you need to listen. And all they got, oh, I don't like that spirit. They got a mean spirit. I'm glad you brought that up. I just happen to have a book up here. Excuses for Conformity to the World by Dennis Coral. He has a chapter in here. Someone else rejects standards on the basis of the messenger being mean-spirited. Mean-spirited is open to interpretation. I agree 100%. He said, I've heard many mean-spirited preaching where, I, where a man was trying to intimidate people into doing right. I don't approve of that harsh spirit or mean delivery, nor does God. We are to be kind and tenderhearted. We are to speak the truth in love, but we are to speak the truth. I agree. But to some people, 
To tell them that they are wrong about anything is to be mean-spirited. To them, God's instructions to the preacher in the book of Titus would be perceived as mean-spirited. Holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught that he may be able by uh, sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said the Christians are always, li- are always liars, evil beasts, and slow bellies. This witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. Is it mean-spirited to hold fast the faithful word? It's interesting. Without compromise? Is it mean-spirited to give people sound doctrine, undiluted truth? Is it mean-spirited to exhort and convince the gainsayers? A gainsayer is one who attempts to contradict by sound doctrine. By the way, separation is a doctrine. And he goes on to talk about separate. And that's good stuff right there. That's great stuff. You know who's mean-spirited and the way we interpret mean-spirited? Are they on our side or are they against us? I mean, that's how you decide who's mean-spirited. Boy, don't we love it. Don't we love it when people on our side get all fired up and get all crazy? I, I love it. First time I ever heard Jack Hiles preach. It was at Northwest Bible Baptist Church. And he was up there preaching, man. He just started going to town and he kicked the microphone stand down the steps. And then he grabbed another one and threw it down the steps. And we're like, yeah. And I don't even remember what he was preaching about. But man, I got, I got excited when that happened. Because man, we like it when our side gets fired up. But you know what? When it's somebody that's again, how dare they have that means? That is this stinking, millennial, trendy, sensitive, you know, just what in the world? You know, we rebuke them sharply. What does that mean? Now, brethren, make sure you're correct in what you're teaching. You know, no, that's not what the Bible teaches. And I'm telling you, you know, the double standard on all that stuff, man, it, it drives me nuts. You know, be honest. If you're going to be dishonest, listen, when it comes to certain doctrinal things, I speak both languages. Okay? I come from one side and I learn the, I, I know the language on both sides. I get it. And so when I hear somebody up there trying to cause division, I can see when they're misleading people, when they're misrepresenting. I know both languages. And either that person that does that type of thing is either just a, a liar and a deceiver and somebody trying to sow discord or they're just ignorant. Either way, they're not, they're not qualified to teach. You know, I wish when it comes to you know, the rapture, I wish I could get people who do not agree with me on this to at least just preach one message addressing 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Just please bring it up. Just talk about it. Say, you know, these people, this is how they interpret 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, but they won't do it. What do they do? They think that Jesus is a wife beater. You know, does it, we don't think that. You know, just using those you know, accusations like that. Listen, folks, I'm just going to think you're a moron. I'm going to think you do not care about me. You're not trying to win me over. You just want to make me look bad. You want to make people hate me. And so, you know what? I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not going to pay any attention to what you have to say. You know, and so, you know, we see that I, I've said this all the time, you know, in, this is childish stuff. Many times it goes on. You got kids in the school. Somebody says something against another kid. Did you? And then you got that one kid in the school that runs over. Another, did you hear what they said about you? 
Oh, I'll say this about him. And then they go running back to that other kid in the school and they get this back and forth. Those kids that relay that information, they all eventually go into the news media. They all work for you know, CNN and NBC. And it's amazing, you know, in, in politics, okay, these, the, the things the politicians say that are, that are so offensive, okay, when they say them, nobody gets offended. It's not until the news media analyzes what they said that everybody's fired up and everybody's offended. That's just the way it is. And some of these people, they couldn't make it in the news media, have made it into churches and are calling themselves preachers and are using those same tactics, causing trouble. And I'm telling you, it's ridiculous. And I see right through it. False prophets, false religion. They do the same thing. You know, I, the news media one time, even with Obama, I hate to defend Obama for anything, but I remember when Obama was bowling one time, he had a really bad game. Everybody was making fun of went viral on social media. And he was like, yeah, I was bowling like I was in the Olympics. You know, maybe the Special Olympics. Obama, you know, hates handicapped people. You know, Obama was making fun. Of, he wasn't making fun of handicapped people. He was making fun of himself. All right. He made a politically incorrect joke. He is not, he was not being against handicapped people. But you know what? People, the enemies, they, they use those things. And, you know, he, he clarified it. And I said, I, I got a bad taste in my mouth defending him on anything. But, you know, I'm sorry. You know, I'm not going to be prejudiced on those things. But 1 Corinthians 2 4 says, My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of spirit and power. He's not trying to trick people. He's not using tricky words. He's, make, he's going to make sure this is clear to people. Colossians 2 4, and this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. And so, you know, just for example, you know, just because somebody says that they don't think you're saved, that does not mean they don't believe in eternal security. Okay? You know how many people are out there? that say they're Christians, but they, if you ask them, hey, well, how do you, how do you know you're going to heaven? Well, you've got to do good works. You've got to just be good. Well, if somebody tells you that, I don't think they're saved. But wait, they said they're saved. They said they're going to heaven. You don't believe in eternal security? Yeah, I believe in eternal security, but I don't think they're saved. If somebody gets up and preaches another gospel, the Bible says, let them be accursed. And if I say that person is not saved, it does not mean I believe that I went up to heaven and I plucked them out of the Father's hand. No, I just believe the Bible and it says, if any preaching of the gospel, let them be accursed. doesn't mean I, I believe in eternal security. I mean, that, that, you know what? They're, that's enticing words. That's not fair. That, that, that's evil. And if you're trying to win people over who think that way, you can't lie about them like that. You can't use these extremes to shine them in a bad light. They're going to be smarter than that. And I do. I care about people from other sides and other persuasions. I want to win people over, and so I do. I try to find out where they're coming from, folks. This stuff I've preached on the end times. I've been trying to do it in a way that you know. Hey, this is what people of this persuade. This is how they'll get it. This is what they'll understand. This is how they think, and this this will help them. I I try to do. I am I successful in it? I don't know. Do I do it accurately? No, I'm, I don't know, but I'm trying. Okay, I don't need to make up... If I'm right, I don't need to make up lies about them to get my point across. And if you have to make up a lie about me, then it just tells me you know you're wrong. And, by, and so, you know, I, I, I've, heard, I've heard many people, you know, they, they, they use these things, 
You know, a successful politician, they never admit they're wrong. In other words, you know, Trump does it all the time. Trump, why did you say this? I didn't say that. Yeah, well, here's the video or the audio of you saying it. Here it is. Yeah, I didn't say that. And you just keep doing it and it works. And there's preachers that have picked up on that. You can play a video of them saying something. Yeah, I didn't say that. Yeah, but you did say that. Yeah, but I didn't mean that. Okay, well, here's you saying it all these other times. You know, yeah, no, didn't say it. All right, and then here, and here's what's just ridiculous. People on their side. Yep, that's my guy. No, he didn't really say that. But wait, no, no, he said it right. No, no, he said he didn't say it. Therefore, he didn't say it. You know what? When it comes down to it, 99 times out of 100 with the kind of junk that's going on right now, it's political. It's 100% political. I mean, you, it, it doesn't matter how much proof you have. People are going to side with their guy. When they have these debates in politics, it's a joke. Nobody ever wins the debate. Nobody ever loses the debate. I mean, unless you just get up there and, you know, pass out and start having seizures or something, you know, you're not going to lose that debate because your people are, oh man, they told them. They really showed them. No, they didn't. It doesn't matter how much they lie. People stick with their guy because it's political. And so, if listen, if we're going to help people, we've got to work very hard on our communication. Whether it be who you're witnessing to, whether it's witnessing your neighbors, winning your family over. Souls are too important for us to take our communication lightly. Listen, I'm preaching to myself now. I've got to work on some of this. I've, I've got to fine-tune some of what I teach and some of what I preach because I've sent some wrong messages. I've said things that were right, but it sent the wrong, it sent the wrong message. I've got to be willing to clarify those things. I, we need to be willing to get into people's heads find out where they're coming from so we can figure out the best way possible to get the truth to them in a way that they can understand. And, you know, this is another message, but ultimately what we need, we're witnessing anybody's. We need the Holy Spirit. We've got to have the Holy Spirit. And so, just kind of in closing, this is bonus, alright? This is for people, and I do, I, I mean this in the best spirit. I'm not being ugly. I'm not trying to be tricky. I'm not trying to trip anybody up. But, for people who watch these messages that are of a different persuasion than me, if you really want to help me to stop being a heretic, I'm just asking you to do a few things. If you want to start a real conversation, there was an attempt to start a conversation this week. I believe the intentions were good by those who tried to get it started, but they picked the wrong guy to do, use a conversation with. And it failed miserably. And I feel bad about that. And But here's the thing. If they want to help on this, you can't call me names. You can't accuse me of being someone's little minion. That's not going to work. You can't get on to me for believing things that I don't believe. You can't do that. You will fail. I know for a fact these things aren't true. I am nobody's little minion, folks. I'm nobody's little puppet. You can say that all you want. I mean, go ahead, just keep, keep saying it to me. I know it's not true. So again, if you want to win me over, you're not going to win me over by that. You'll make yourself feel better, but you're not going to win me over. You know, that's going to accomplish nothing. Don't, don't preach, please don't preach messages about stuff I don't believe in. And then tell me you schooled me good. Alright? Wow, I really told you. I agreed with what you said. <laughs> that don't work. You know, and so, and you, you need to learn my language. You need to take the time to actually find out where I'm coming from 
and what I believe. And listen, I believe that Christ's return, it happens right after the right after the tribulation, right before he pours his wrath out on this earth in the sixth seal we see in Revelation 6. I believe Revelation 6 and Matthew 24 line up perfectly along with 2 Thessalonians 2. The 2 Thessalonians 2 that nobody wants to mention because it does line up perfectly with Matthew 24 that's written to the Jews and Revelation 6 that's written to the Jews. Well, 2 Thessalonians 2, you've got to bring that up. You've got to look at that. You know, it, when it says, Now I beseech you, that, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto Him, it says in the Bible, in Matthew 24, the angels will gather us up. We, well, that's not the rapture. Okay, rapture is not a term in the Bible, but gathering is. Okay? And our gathering, we see he's mentioning that there. It's the same word, Matthew 24. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he is God, sit at the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. I believe that's talking about the abomination of desolation. He said it can't come until these things happen first. Verse 9 says, Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. Matthew 24, 24. For there shall rise false Christs and false prophets who shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible they should deceive the very elect. And then Matthew 24, 31. And he shall send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet. They shall gather together as elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to another. Okay? Uh, you, you have to address that. You have to say, they think what we think and then prove where it's wrong. But if you don't touch that with a 10-foot pole, I'm going to think it's because you're scared to because you know you're wrong. Maybe you're not. Maybe I'm wrong. I'll, I'm not perfect. But also, I don't hate the Jews. I don't. I didn't like Bernie Sanders very much. All right? But I don't hate the Jews. Okay? And I will know for a fact that you are wrong if you tell me I hate the Jews. I'll, I'll know that's wrong. I do not believe God ever replaced Israel. But I do believe there's a spiritual Israel. And physical Israel, there's a spiritual Israel and physical Israel, and that the blessings and the eternal promises, I believe they go to spiritual Israel that existed in the Old Testament along with physical Israel, but it was not re- spiritual Israel was not revealed until the New Testament based on Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3 and Galatians chapter 3. You have to, you have to address those verses. You have to address it. It says in Galatians 3.8, the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the Gospel unto Abraham, saying, And these shall all nations be blessed, so then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Not in place of. With. That's what it says. We haven't replaced him. Verse 16, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not into seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed which is Christ. Verse 28 says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. You have to address that. You have to you have to show me where I'm wrong in my thinking on that. You have to address Romans chapter nine verse six. Not as though the word of God hath taken none effect, for they are not all Israel which are of Israel. Neither because are they the seed of Abraham, are they all children? But in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, 
These are not the children of God. Somebody please tell me where I'm wrong in my thinking on that verse. Somebody please tell me. Listen, y'all, I got all these people wanting to help me. I got all these, and, and, I, and some of them, I know they love me. I know they care about me. I know they are genuinely concerned for me because they've heard some bad things from people out there causing division and they think I'm going off my rocker and going crazy. But folks, you have to address this verse. You have to tell me. That, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. Listen, these verses right here, they're where the conversation starts. Okay? I know they don't end here. It's not going to end there. There's lots of rabbit trails we could go down. And you know, there's plenty of areas where you can disagree. I believe that. And you're still going to be saved, but you will never win me over by accusing me of believing things I don't believe. It's, it's not going to work. And you know what? It's not going to work on other people when we do that to them too. We got, if we're trying to win people over, we've got to find out where they're coming from we got to rep, we got to represent it right. I do not believe in lying and misrepresenting what other people believe. I don't think we ought to do that. You can't do that with me. If you want and, and listen, I will listen to anyone who wants to talk to me about this subject. Listen, I'm not a big shot. I'll, I'll give people time, but you know what? I'm getting tired of getting beat up for things I don't believe. I mean, I did, you know, Spiritually speaking, I got the snot beat out of me this week for stuff I don't believe. And, and it just, it, it hurt. It really did. And I, I had a guy the other day call me on the phone. And man, he just let me have it. And after he calmed down and talked to me for a little bit and I explained what I believed, he, he'd never heard it that way before. And he still didn't agree with me, but you know, he quit beating me up. And if people would actually do that, if people actually cared, they would do that. If you actually care about the people out there that we're wanting to win over, people that are lost, we're going to find out, we're going to figure out, hey, where are they coming from? How can I get the message across? And using lies and misrepresentations, it will never, ever work. It won't work with anybody. And so you all be careful with your language. You don't know how many opportunities you're going to get to win people over and you don't want to waste your time speaking into the air. We've got better things to do than that. So with that, let's all stand together.